This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to another podcast by the Kenyan Wall Street. My name is Ali Mwakaneno, your usual host. So with me, I have Puja Bhatt, who is the founder of, well, not one, but two uh, startups. And she's also one of the finalists for the Angaza Awards. And we want to get to know more about her. So who is Puja and what does she do? And what are some of the things that she has done that warrant her to win this Angaza Awards? Welcome to the show, Puja. Thank you so much, Ali. Well, let's get to know you. Uh, how would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself? Um, so my background is that I'm a qualified actuary. Uh, so insurance is kind of my forte. To give you a bit of background, I grew up in Kenya and then I moved to the US for my undergraduate degree in finance and actuarial science. While I was there, I worked for a little bit at Ernst & Young and Allianz Life Insurance. Then I moved to London and I did my master's there. And then I joined um, one of the largest global brokers in the Lloyd's insurance market, which is uh, kind of the, the global insurance marketplace to be. And I was there for a long time, for around eight years. And then I moved to Kenya in 2018. And that's when my business partner and I, we started Risk. And then like you mentioned, you know, we have now a second business, which we started end of last year called Quanta Insure. So Quanta Risk is an insurance consultancy and Quanta Insure is an insurance agency where uh, we focus on digital insurance. So it's a bit new, uh, a new way to kind of provide insurance that's a bit uh, different to how things have been done here. So, so yeah, that's kind of me. And then personally, I guess it's just uh, me trying to work hard right now as a startup entrepreneur and make my mark in this industry. Uh, so let's see how it goes. How has been your journey, you know, starting all the way from employment to now being an, an mm-hmm. entrepreneur? And who are some of the women that maybe inspired you to take this direction? Yeah. So the journey has obviously, sometimes it's been, uh, you know, up and down, but in a good way. I think it's exciting that I kind of have my career change direction because as an actuary in London, I had like a corporate job. And now when I moved here, I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. So it has been a big change in terms of how I work and things I do. And in terms of people who've inspired me, women, I mean, I'd imagine when a lot of people answer this question, they might uh, list off kind of a lot of uh, impressive women leaders around the world. But I feel for me personally, and that's not to say that they don't inspire me, the external people, but for me personally, it's always been the women who are closer to me, like real women in my life who have inspired me the most and probably made the most impact in what I do and how I do it. So, I I mean, obviously my mom um, growing up, I think, you know, she's a very strong woman, very intelligent. She's an Ayurvedic doctor. And, you know, she's always kind of inspired me to do really well in whatever I kind of take up and whatever goal I set for myself. But then in terms of my career, I remember very clearly. So as an entrepreneur and an actuary, one of the unique things about me is I have a technical skill set because I'm an actuary. And then the commercial side, because an entrepreneur, I have to do a lot of different things, right? Um, Like accounting, tax, marketing, all of it. 
So one of my professors in university for my undergraduate degree, she was the one who kind of, uh, it was when I took her class and her course that she inspired me to be more commercial because when you're taking a lot of actuarial classes and things like that, and they're very technical. And then this professor of mine, it was in 2008 when the financial crisis was going on and, and okay. I was studying in the US. And we just kind of threw out our syllabus, you know, for the class. And every week we just look at newspaper headlines. And we that's how that's how the class was to kind of say what's going on around the world and let's talk about it. So I feel that that really shaped my career because that's what I kind of do even now is I look at current events, I look at things that are going around in the world, whether it's in Kenya, abroad, and I start you know looking at trends and where things are going. And I think that really inspired me in terms of always doing something different and always, um, you know, you'd, I don't have to keep following the path that was always taken by people that I, I'd, um, yeah, do something different. So, yeah, I think that professor definitely shaped who I am. And then I've just like met a lot of strong women in my life. You know, uh, when I was working in London, I had a lot of people who, a lot of women who would balance their actuarial career as well as their personal life, their family life. That's something I definitely want to emulate. I think that's very inspiring because it's not easy to do. And then when I moved to Kenya, I'm part of this women in finance network called uh, New Faces, New Voices. So mm-hmm. being part of that, um, I feel that there's, again, a lot of strong women who are in different industries and they kind of inspire me as well and kind of are a support network. So yeah, in terms of inspiration, Yes, some of the external people inspire me, but definitely the people closer to home, they make the most impact in my life. Before we go back to the conversation on women, there's definitely more to talk about, including the name of your professor. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about your work a little bit in your journey, being both an actuary and an entrepreneur. What do you think has been your greatest contribution to the insurance sector? One of the things, like I mentioned, is the combination of technical and commercial. So a lot of the times as actuaries, our occupation is seen as people who are smart, who sit behind a computer and crunch numbers. Is and, that a lie? And, 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 and <laughs> no, it's not a complete lie. You know, there's always truth behind stereotypes. Um, I always think that. But I don't think that's all we can do. I think there's a lot more we can do. And so for me personally, this combination of bringing the commercial side of it, I think that is a major contribution, especially to the actuarial occupation, to kind of say that we can look at the bigger picture and not just kind of come in, sit behind our desk and, you know, do very technical work, but we can then try and translate how that technical work fits into real life and the commercial decisions that any business makes, even if you're in a corporate job, you know, how does that translate into profits for the company, for example? So I think making that connection in insurance, especially, which is a very specialized area, um, I think that's very important. And then the other thing is, I'd hope that, you know, the things that we're trying to bring into this market make insurance a bit more exciting because insurance is seen as sometimes a boring industry, (laughs) uh, unfortunately. So one of the things that I'd like is for people to get a bit more excited about insurance. And that's not an easy thing to do, but I'm hoping with some of the solutions we're bringing in and the fact that, you know, it's an app, it can be done on the phone any time of the day and things it's going to make it a bit more accessible and like just exciting for people. So yeah, I would say that's my contribution. <laughs> What's your favorite book or what are you currently reading? 
uh, well, so I am part of a book club. Um, so we read uh, at least one book a month. So I do read quite often. Uh, I'm between two books uh, because one is a heavier book called Sapiens, which is like all about um, uh-huh. you know man, humankind through the Noah Yuval Harari. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and then the other one is a bit lighter. Uh, the same author who wrote The Kite Runner, which became a movie, he has written, and this is an older book, but it's fiction, uh, Thousand Splendid Sons, which is based in Afghanistan. So, so yeah, sometimes if it's too heavy a book, I'd, I complement it with a lighter book to, you know, because you can't read too heavy a book for too long. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially when you've had busy days, you know? So, um, yeah. That's what I usually do. Okay. Yeah. Let's circle back to the Angaza Awards because you were recognized among the top 10 women in East Africa for your contributions in banking and finance. And I also understand that your efforts have been recognized by, you know, a number of organizations, just to mention a few new faces, new voices, um, candid conversations, top 40 under 40 by Business Daily, uh, Women in Tech, and internationally, the London Market Actuaries Group. Why do you think it's important to highlight the achievements of women specifically? Um, So women specifically, I would say, you know, it's because, for example, it's a well-known fact that women undersell themselves quite often. So, uh, and you might have heard this from other people to kind of say a lot of the times, let's say there's a job or a promotion, a lot of the times women feel reluctant and hesitant to put themselves forward for a position because uh, let's say out of 10 points, they might only meet eight points, you know? So I think an award like this, like the Ngaza Awards, what it's doing is it's kind of maybe hopefully inspiring, but also encouraging people that you can celebrate your achievements, that you don't always have to be so humble that you don't celebrate your achievements. So I think that's, that's one of the reasons why we should kind of celebrate women. And then the other reason is uh, for a long time, women have not had as many equal opportunities as men do. And that's unfortunately a fact. It is improving. I, I think it is improving, but especially in a sector like the financial services. For a long time, people are, you know, senior management and board level are usually men. So I think this kind of, you know, awards and recognition, what it does, it, it also inspires women to kind of think that I can, I can get to those roles and, and uh, not stop themselves it's not like other people stopping us. It's like if we're stopping ourselves, then that's a bad thing. So I think we should celebrate things like that to inspire and encourage women to kind of uh, step up into these the most senior roles that we can imagine. Um, and I think that is changing and that's improving. Let's talk about you. Apart from, of course, uh, the importance of the Angaza Awards for women in general, what did this mean to you? Why did you apply for the Angaza Awards? Why does anyone apply for the Awards? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, um, reasons differ. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I guess part of the reason is sharing my journey. Um, and part of the reason is celebrating my journey. Like I said, I, I think definitely, you know, as I mentioned in my last response, that a lot of the times we kind of are reluctant. We think it's bragging or something. But no, I think when we work hard and, and you know, it's, it's good to celebrate that and to uh, celebrate that achievement. So... Yes, I think partly to kind of just share my journey uh, because I am a big advocate for, I've always been part of women in business networks and groups, not just here in Kenya, but uh, elsewhere. And and I'm also a big advocate for youth mentoring. 
So, for example, when I was in London for quite a few years, I would mentor university students. So I think uh, putting myself forward for such an award, I think it does, again, encourage younger people who are starting their journey to, to kind of, you know, hear about the path that other people have taken. And maybe that will give them something uh, to kind of also try on their own. So, so yeah, two reasons. And I guess I'm hopeful that this is good marketing for our companies as well, you know, because we are startups. <laughs> so it doesn't hurt, I'd hope. What do you think sets you apart from, from other applicants? You know, we've had applicants from Kenya, uh, quite a number from Uganda, all the way to Rwanda. Okay. So I would say the thing that sets me apart is my determination and my resourcefulness. So determination, there is, you know, I am, I, my personality is such that once I set a goal for myself, then I will keep working at it until I achieve it. Like, you know, never, ever give up type of a thing. Right. So I think that determination has really helped me throughout my career and my education, because, for example, qualifying as an actuary is not an easy task at all. And I qualified when I was 26, uh, which is quite young, because there's a lot of people who sit for the exams, even in their 30s and 40s. You know, and that determination is what helped me, because there are times when you get stressed out, when, you know, you have you're working, you have exams and you want to give up. And the one thing is that I'll give myself a day or two and then I'll pick myself back up and, and you know, keep doing what, what I need to do. So that has definitely helped me a lot. And then the resourcefulness, especially as an entrepreneur, because as I mentioned, when you're a startup and you're not an established business, you have to think about all aspects of it. It's the taxes, the bookkeeping, the marketing, even things like designing the website and designing business cards. You have to do everything, right? I think one of the things about me is that if I don't know something, I will figure it out. No matter whatever it is, no matter how complicated it is, if something, a problem is put in front of me and I don't know how to do it, I will figure it out. And I think that really sets me apart and has helped me in my career to this, to this point. What would you have done differently if, say, um, you were to apply for, for these awards right now as opposed to a few months back? Uh, I mean, I don't think I'd have done too many things differently, but one of the things that maybe I would have done differently was spend more time on the application. Uh, time is precious <laughs> when you're trying to run two businesses and still have a social and personal life. So, uh, yeah, one of the things would be I'd want to spend more time reflecting on, you know, what I have done so far. And I think maybe I'd have been able to highlight a few more experiences than I might have a few months ago. But yeah, I guess not too different, but yeah, maybe just spending some more time on reflection if I had the time and I could do it again. Well, uh, I believe that the fact that we're having this conversation now means you actually put in enough work to be here. So (laughs) maybe there isn't much to worry about. There's something you talk about that really caught my attention. You talked about the fact that you're passionate about mentoring and what you did in, in the UK. Could you highlight more on, um, mm-hmm. on your involvement in, in mentorship and other activities that benefit maybe young people and women just beyond insurance? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so, like I said, in the UK, I was part of a formal, it was a formal program. Um, so, uh, City University there. So, I did my master's at Cass Business School, which is affiliated to City University in London. And they have a formal mentorship program. So, they get their alumni to come in. We actually went through training uh, in terms of how to mentor. And then every six months, you kind of do a one-on-one -on -one mentor mentee. So I did that for quite a few years. So I had quite a few students, you know, because every six months I'd get a new student sort of a thing. Um, and, and what we would do, because, you know, when you're young, and I think there's even more pressure now than when I was in university, for example, because everyone is getting degrees, masters, PhDs, you know, I mean, um, it's just, it's really competitive out there. And, and it's very stressful when you're young and you're in university and you're working hard and you're getting good grades, but it's still hard to find an internship and a full-time job. So one of the main things about mentoring is to, you know, just give also a bit of kind of encouragement and support because a lot of the times I would talk to these very young people and I remember being that age and feeling like that. And people helped me out throughout my journey when I was, you know, that young. So I feel that I want to give back. And I want to help these young women and men who are also like, you know, stressed out and things. So I would obviously help with looking at their CV and the cover letter and things like that or their job applications. But another big part of it was psychologically supporting and encouraging them when they were feeling down about it. For example, if they've had an interview and then they haven't gotten the internship or something, then, you know, they're, they're like, what am I doing all this for? It's a, a bit doom and gloom at that stage. And my mentees have told me themselves because I still keep in touch with them, even though it's been years since I've mentored some of them, they still keep in touch with me. And they say to me that, you know, it was really helpful for them, for just someone who has already done it, to advise them that even if they haven't gotten a job or an interview when, you know, they think it's the end of the world, it's all doom and gloom, that... They just need to like apply for some more internships and jobs like it's not um, they just need someone who's already done it uh, because for me for example I was already working and stuff right so I've already gone through those stages so for them to hear from someone who's already done it and then tell that young person that it's going to be okay and and you just need to try you know an alternative or a different option or something I think that's really helped to them um, because as I mentioned I keep in touch with my previous mentees and this is one of the things that they always tell me is like, and, and it's nice for me to hear that they thank me, that they kind of, when they were having some difficult times when they were in university, some of the advice that I gave them helped, you know. And so, yeah, I think as a mentor, you have to give a bit of life advice as well, not just like about interviews and CVs and things, but a bit of life advice from someone who's a bit older uh, to say it's going to be okay. I understand some of your works, you know, outside of course, your industry, like like mentorship, as we discussed. How about inside your your field of work in insurance? What are some of the things that you do just to make sure that you're having an impact to your community as an entrepreneur and as an actuary? Yeah. Um, so I have when I came back, I did join. There's an actuarial society of Kenya here, uh, which is which is a group and, and there's a student group and there's a working group sort of a thing. So I had joined like the general insurance working group there, etc. So, you know, um, they meet regularly. Uh, well, not that regularly, like monthly to kind of, you know, discuss what's happening in general insurance and um, and see what we can do to kind of improve things for the industry in general. 
So, so I did get involved a little bit at the start when I moved back. I have to admit I've not been as active right now because work has been quite busy. But yeah, that's I think that's one of the things is to kind of get involved in the actuarial society here, which I did do uh, earlier on when I moved, um, and that's that's the contribution I think. Again, as I said earlier, you've received various awards. Angaza Awards is is just one of them. How would you use you know, being the recipient of this and other awards to influence others? And maybe how does it shape or impact your career in any shape or form? Yeah, so I guess in terms of others, uh, it is especially for, you know, because, for example, this award particularly is geared towards women. Then it's about making sure that younger women feel that they have people like them um, in senior roles to kind of look up to. So I think it kind of encourages them a little bit um, to see, you know, women being recognized and they feel that, okay, one day I'm going to work hard and in five years, 10 years time, I'm going to get there, right? So I think there's, there's a part of that. Um, and then for me personally, I guess the impact it would do, like I said, is it's always nice to be recognized because um, when, you know, I work hard, the other women on this list who are, again, very impressive women, you know, they work hard. It's always nice to get that recognition because it gives you renewed motivation uh, to keep going. Uh, and, and like I said, there, there's, there's difficult times in everyone's uh, career journey. And so some of these milestones uh, help you to keep going. Even let's say when something's not going right, you're like, no, I'm going to keep going and, and keep improving. Now that you're here, what advice would you give to prospective applicants of, of the Angaza Awards say? I guess the advice I would give is uh, probably, like I said, to not give up, right? Um, this is kind of, I think, the motto to say never give up, never ever give up type thing. So that's what I'd say that there might have been applicants who, let's say, applied this year and did not make the finalist group. So I would definitely encourage them to apply again. And for the new applicants, I would say, put yourself forward. Like, what are you losing, right? Because uh, you might you know, don't undersell yourself and, and you might be at a better stage than you are and you might end up on this top 10. So there's nothing to lose and you should definitely apply is what I would say. That's that's very, very powerful. I mean, any last words of advice before we close the interview? I guess maybe I can give an advice that I received myself uh, from my dad and my parents is, um, and, and I think this is... Uh, the society we live in in terms of being very materialistic but they said to me that don't run after money in your career be the absolute best at what you're doing and and what you can do and be excellent at it right and the money will follow you and and to be honest that has been true uh for me personally and so that's the advice that i would give to people is say uh, money shouldn't be the end game do what you're really passionate about and do it really really well and better than the others and the money will just come to you. I think that's the last words of advice I would give because that's the advice I got and it's worked for me. Thank you so much. I think that's really, really, really sound advice. And I will try to follow it. Hopefully the next time we have this conversation, <laughs> I come with a testimony. To our listeners, that was um, Pooja. Pooja was one of the finalists for the Angaza Awards and she's done some amazing, amazing work in insurance. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you.